Our title tonight is Your Most Important Your Most Vital Connection. Your most your most vital connection. It's so important to be connected and uh in our world, there's so many networks about connecting. <laughs> Lord, there are so many of them. I'm not going to name them off, but you know what they are. There's a lot of what they call social networks. There are professional networks where you share who you are and what your expertise is. And uh, maybe you get an opportunity to meet people in a convention and you, sh- you cross-reference each other. And then uh, you see all these, uh, uh, all these bits of information being cross-referenced. What we're talking about tonight is the fact that rather than a standalone individual, you need this one connection. If, there's, if you lost every other connection in the world, this one you cannot lose. You cannot afford to lose this connection. This is... Maybe a two-part message, but tonight we're talking about the most important connection. Everyone turn with me, please, to John chapter 15, verse 5. If you know where we're going in John 15, Jesus talks about it right off by the fifth word. You know what that connection is. And of course, we're talking about the vine. Are you ready to go, friends? I'm not preaching in Spanish, but I might take off in a minute. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do how much? Let me read that again in case we missed it. (laughs) Sometimes we go a little too fast. I, said Jesus, am the vine. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do? Without me you can do? Without me you can do? In the Amplified Bible, they can help us out there. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However... Everybody say, however. However. Apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do how much? How much can you do? Nothing. Nothing. I'll read that little phrase again. Apart from me and cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5, again, now in the message version. Wow, we're reading a lot of John 15, 5. You'll get it. We'll all get it by the end of the night. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches in the message version. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic. Everybody say intimate and organic. And that's not fruits and vegetables. The harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce what? A thing. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates... From me is what? Dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. This is going on a little bit through verse 8. On the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who He is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. And when we talk about grapes, there is, of course, when you, when you grow with fruit. So in this particular reading, in the Message Bible, we went a little further than in than verse 5. We went all the way, possibly, to verse 8, if I'm not mistaken. Pastor last week started a series on prayer. And uh, this touches on it a little bit, but I'm just going to make a little comment how that ties into praying. Unless 
You are connected to Jesus in a vital way, in an or, like he says, organic, <laughs> in a real intimate way. It, you cannot, as a Christian, produce fruit. I think we make a mistake sometimes in this camp called faith that if you know scriptures and you can spew them off, that you can uh, uh, speak things and declare things and, and pray things or command things, if you will. But sometimes you can, we can forget and must be reminded, hello, that you must be vitally united to Him. He's the one that's doing it. It's not us. Because without Him, we could do how much? A lot of, some people can make an observation about this camp called faith. And they can say that we are, if you will, uh, a bit uh, on the side of arrogant. Like, how could you be so confident? Well, when you have the, com- when you have the covenant and you have an understanding of the covenant, that produces confidence. But then on the other hand, it's important for us to understand, yes, confidence, but confidence in Him. Yes. Amen. The confidence in Him. And, you know, there's a scripture in for John. This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if you ask anything according to His will. Remember, it's His will. It was His word. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And that's how we have confidence. Like somebody said, you're arrogant. No, we're not. We're just, we're humbly confident in God. We know who He is and we have a sense of confidence when we pray. I, I, I have a little saying sometimes that I almost feel like you, you're, it's almost like you are your prayer life. Think about it. If you're not operating in kingdom authority, what good are you on the earth today? Even if you are a nice person, somewhere along the line, you need to operate in prayer and in kingdom authority. But, you know, we'll just kind of leave that... Your praying will be not effective unless you are connected to your most vital connection, which is Him. So, let's talk about this thing about separation. First of all, one thought about being separated from God. And tonight we're all going to examine ourselves for the next few minutes. It said in, in the Message Bible, let's see, that must somewhere near verse 6 or something. Anyone who separates from me... The thought here is God does not separate himself from us. Remember we were reading in Romans, who shall separate us from the love of God? What a powerful word from Keith Hershey. Be loved. And then Sunday morning, again, Pastor hit it uh, about about just how much we are loved by God. And remember, here's, here's the idea. When people are separated from God and life isn't going well for them, God is not the one that moved. It's, the, it's us. We're the ones that move. So it would behoove us if we're separating ourselves from... Is it possible... I have a question for you. Is it possible for a Christian to separate himself from God? Now, I'm not saying he's going to be lost and go to hell, but by, while you're living life and while we're all trying to do life well, is that right? Is it possible for us to separate ourselves from God? Absolutely it is. Several examples of even an apostle, Apostle Peter, that found a way after being, having Jesus in the, in, in the flesh, if you will, being right there with him, one of the apostles, he separated himself. Catch this as a model. Jesus never separated himself from Peter. Peter separated himself from God. It was Jesus that hunted Peter down and said, come on and have breakfast. Remember, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? What was all that about? That was all the love of God. How much 
he doesn't like being separated from us. And he keeps trying to draw us to him with the ministry of reconciliation. So the question asked is, is it possible to be further away from God or closer? To be separated? Yes, it is. It's possible. So let's talk about a couple of things. We all want breakthroughs. This is a wonderful year of breakthroughs, by the way. I have heard so many reports. And perhaps next week, I get to preach next Wednesday night as well. Perhaps next week, I'll be able to dig into this just a little bit more. But you know, uh, part tonight we're talking about being connected you know, to, to, to Jesus in, in a very strong way. But you know, just because a man of God says this is the year of God's favor and decrees by the power of the Holy Spirit, did you know that it's not automatic for believers? It is not automatic. You can actually, you can separate yourself from, if you will, from Christ or from the vine by not receiving his words. Notice that he said, if you abide in me and my, help me, and my, thank you, and my words abide in you. That's one of the ways that we stay connected. We stay connected by allowing those words to continue to abide and us continue to live day to day in a very intimate and organic way. When pastor said, this is a year of fog, my wife and I took it. I'm sure, look at as much as I'd like to believe the best of every person, you know, several hundreds and hundreds of people that come to church here. I know for a fact that, that there is a certain percentage of people that said, that's just another message. My wife and I said, that's for me. We took it and we began waiting on God. And we start listing the changes that we've made in our life, the positive, the progress. She's like, wow, there's a miracle. There's another miracle. That's favor. This is amazing. Look at what God, and we're, we're praying, saying, and believing what he said, because we're being connected to him and to his words. Hallelujah. Connected to the words. All right, but let's move right along. That's maybe next week. So if you want a real break, understand this, that you need to stay connected to Christ. Now, let's talk about a couple of scriptures in view of this before we go any further. Philippians 4.13 in the New King James. Everybody should be able to quote that, at least in the King James. I can do all things through Christ. Who's, through who? And, and I can put it this way, I can do all things through my union or through being connected, vitally connected with Christ. The line of communication, very, very strong, having lived in his presence. Let's read it in the Amplified. I really, really like this in the Amplified. Can't imagine a Christian that wouldn't. I have strength for all things where? In Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him. Through who? Through him who infuses inner strength into me. For I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Friends, you cannot overcome in life unless you're connected to him. Oh man, I can't hardly wait to read some of the other scriptures so you could see some of these things. But the thought here is we must at all cost tend to our connection with him. If you lose that connection with him on your day to day, it's lesser degrees of glory for you. Lesser degrees of glory. That's where mistakes begin to happen. Hello. That's where we can leave doors open. That's where we grow weary. It says, through Christ who strengthens me. We're going to talk about strength. 
Let me, let me read this to you. Uh, in Luke 22, Satan has a perfect will for each Christian. Luke 22, verse 31 and 32 says this, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that your faith would fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Just, just a couple of thoughts about that. That's a little blind to us. In the King James Version. But if we, if we say that in the Amplified Bible, let me read it in the Amplified up there. Notice what it says. See, Satan has a will for you. He, he is trying his hardest to distract you, to pull you away one way or another, to get to, to mix up your priorities just a little bit, just enough, not a lot. This is what's so tricky. About, about not being connected. Oh, I can't wait to get in tomorrow. This is what's so tricky about it. You don't have to be an out and out rebellion to have lost your connection. It's, it can be very, very subtle. Notice this. It says, and Satan's perfect will is to distract us or to put things in our path to get us diverted so that we forget and neglect the connection so that we can go out and do do life without him. Oh, he's still in us. Don't get me wrong. You're still going to heaven, Christian. But what I'm talking about, did you pray about that? You know, did you did you seek God? Are you going in the anointing? You know, I really appreciate athletes. I appreciate business like Tebow. I appreciate an athlete who goes out and says, you know, I'm going to play for God. I'm sure he prays and believes God. I can play football at a level that the world is not familiar with. I'm anointed to play football and he gives God all the glory. I believe businessmen should do that. I believe teachers, firemen, policemen. I believe janitors should do that. Carpenters should do that. I believe all of us should do that. Moms should do that. You need, you need a supernatural presence of God in your life to parent well. God, God is, I'm going to tell you something. A lot, a lot of people, they really want a happy marriage. A lot of people want a happy life. They want their kids to be happy. But you can't do it without Christ. You can read all the psychology books in the world and that's good. There's some really good ones out there. But you know, without his presence and his direction and his wisdom flowing through your life, you cannot parent successfully outside of Christ helping you to do it. I just thought I'd say... And you can't have a successful marriage without Christ, really. I mean, to the fullness, the way that Christ wants. So moving right along, in the, in the Amplified Bible, Simon, Simon Peter, listen, Satan has asked excessively that all of you, heart of the bay, be given up to him out of the power and keeping of God. Well, that's good news right there, that you are in the power and keeping of God. Isn't that good? And it says that he might sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your own faith may not fail. And when you yourself have turned again, turned again, strengthen and establish your brethren. The, uh, for the sake of time, the New King James Version says, when you have returned to me, when you it's instead of King, King James Version says converted. When you are converted, the New King James says, when you have returned to me. That means that somehow, somewhere, Apostle, yeah, I said it. Apostle Peter separated himself from Jesus. Separated himself from the anointed one. Is that right? So how much can he do without Christ? How much? Somebody help me out a little bit. That's exactly it. 
That's what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants to put us down, have us make a mistake or something, and then makes, make, uh, start working on our thought life so that we separate, whether it's by distraction or by decision, we're separated from pulling on the Christ in which we can do all things. Because he knows that without Christ, we can't do anything. Exactly right. So Jesus came back. He says, I have prayed for you, Peter. That your faith would not fail. And when you have turned again, New King James have returned. So what we're talking about here is, again, the human condition about how human beings are the ones that we separate ourselves from God. But just as easily as you separated yourself from God. And I'm not talking about backsliding. You'll see in a moment. It's not about backsliding, friends. It's just a tiny adjustment. Hello, Christian. I'm talking to you, this most saintly of us. That's right. We're not talking about like gross sin. We're talking about just little adjustments like stepping out and doing it on your own. Like I, I wish I had the reference, but the army went out, you know, they're winning battle after battle after battle. And then say, oh, there's a little town and there's just a few people. Let's go out. Ah, we want to send the whole battalion. Let's just send send a handful of soldiers down there. Just knock them out. Yeah, we outnumber like it. They were so strong. The, the enemy was they wiped us out. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the Israelites were, were seeking God like, where, 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 wait, wait, what, what happened here? We haven't lost it. Like you're undefeated, you know. How do we lose this one? They were just a puny little town. They didn't talk to God. They went there without Him. Are you listening? That can happen to us. You may be an air traffic controller. You may have done your job, you know, for thirty years, I don't, or twenty years, or or whatever. But whenever you get at that council, my friend, go there in the power of Jesus Christ, so that you can do your job. You may be a doctor. Before you perform that operation, my friend, get before the Lord and say, God, thank you for your wisdom. Just a simple prayer. Invite the anointed one through your life so that you can practice medicine at a level the world is not familiar with. Hallelujah. So that you can know how to diagnose. If you're a you know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. I'm excited tonight. But let's see what we've got here. Hallelujah. Let's see what I can do. So the, the, the thing that I wanted to point out here is how, how that when, when a person is turned toward Christ, they're strengthened. I want you to notice this. And you, Peter, when you've turned again, strengthen and establish your, strengthen and establish your brethren. Did you know there is no weakness in God? So one symptom that you can tell, a signal that you're separated from Christ is any manifestation of weakness in your life. Think about that. Any manifestation of like you're a little weak hearted, you're a little bit sad. That, that's the enemy trying to sift you and trying to pull you. What, what's the, what's the uh, resolution for that? Uh, take care of all your problems? No, don't, never mind. Leave the problems alone. Connect to God. That's the first thing. Connect to Jesus, the anointed one. That's what you've got to do because that's where your strength comes from. Because without him, you can't do anything. Look at this. Daniel 11.32 in the New King James Version. To bring out a point, those who do wickedly against the covenant he shall corrupt. I know I'm going a little bit fast. Somebody say, slow down, PT. I know I'm going a little fast, but you know, we got ground to cover. Anyway, they, those that do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God, right, shall be weak. No, how shall they be? Help me out. How shall they be? Strong. And what are they going to do? They're going to carry out exploits. 
Great exploits, not just exploits, great exploits. You know, we've got a mission at Heart of the Bay. We're going to reach the lost. We're healing the sick. Is that right? We're, we, we are bringing out the love of God in, we believe, in unprecedented me, uh, measures. This is our year at Heart of the Bay. And this is your year as, as a mom, a dad, a businessman, a business person. This is your year of God's favor. Everybody said amen. But you're going to do it, you're going to be strong and do exploits because of God. I want to share something with you. This is some of the strategies of the the enemy. I said a moment ago that weakness is is really not in God. It's not of God. It's actually, it's, it's, it's of the devil. Isaiah 14, 12 was very keen in my soul when it says, How thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How thou art cut down to the ground, which didst... Didn't say deceive the nation because he's a great deceiver, but which did weaken, weaken, weaken the nation. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I like energy. I like to have plenty of energy. I like my soul to be bubbling over. I like to feel good in the morning. Hello. And it's not a good day when you feel weak. It's not a good day when you feel when when on the inside, your heart is stooping down. Is that right? So, friends. Weakness is not a part of God. It's not in the kingdom of God. In fact, whenever you hear of people being connected to Christ, it's always something that has to do with strength. You know, I like the Ephesians prayer that you'd be strengthened with might, all might in the inner man. Ezra chapter 4, I'm going to read this to you and then we'll move ahead. Uh, Now, Ezra chapter 4, verse one now the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of captivity builded a temple to the Lord of God of Israel verse three but Zerubbabel and Yeshua the sons of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them you have nothing to do with us to build an house of our God but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus the king of Persia hath commanded us now catch this then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building plain language in the message. I'm going to skip around and just read this to you about people. So the people started beating down the morale of the people of Judah, harassing them. How many of you feel harassed on the job, harassed at school? Somewhere, you know, I've heard reports of people harassing the people of God. Like, we're going to have to deal with this next week. But you know what? Being harassed is no accident. They are inspired of the enemy to try to get you to grow weak. Weakness is not of God and try to get you to pull away from Christ. But when you're connected to Christ, you're able to deal with that effectively because, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But how? Against principalities and powers. Is that right? All right, let's talk about this connection thing for a few minutes. I got through all that. I just really want to talk about this. Samson is such a great example to us. He's an icon of strength in Scripture. We all know the story of Samson, and we, uh, we don't want to uh, go through the entire thing because you should be and probably are familiar with the story about Samson. But the thing that's so interesting about Samson, one of the lessons that we could learn from him is that when he was coming under attack, there were times where he would rise up 
And the strength that God gave him, the ability that God provides. Remember, I can do all things through Christ who empowers me, infuses me with inner strength. I'm equal to anything and everything that comes my way. Is that right? Does that include uh, 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 someone bad-mouthing you at the job? Does that include a traffic ticket? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> does, does that include a court case? Does that include a challenge, a, a competitor in, in your industry? Does that, does that, does also, does that, does that also affect, is, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, uh, mean that you could fight off disease, sickness and disease? Absolutely. It applies in every area of your life, of our lives. Ministerially, personally, everything. But here we have a case where Samson had this amazing strength that would come on him. And, of course, he lied to Delilah. And he said, you know, if you wrap me with, if you weave my hair this way or you put certain kind of uh, little kind of fibers on me, then, he says, then I will be ordinary. I will be an ordinary man. I'll have no more strength. And, of course, you know how the story is. Like, duh, the, 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 the Philistine soldiers were in the other room. As soon as he'd fall asleep, they're over there weaving his hair or tying with new things. And of course, he'd wake up and he'd just rip them off like they were nothing. Is that right? But, see, he finally, he finally got to the core of his covenant when he finally coughed up the goods and he told her what really was, was going to be that which would strip away his power. And, basically, that was his mode of disconnecting. If you do this, it's going to disconnect you from your, from your power source. He gave up the secret. <laughs> and when he did, when he woke up that next time, he said, Heath, it says I should read it because, because it's, it's a lesson for us to learn. And, okay, so let's see. I guess we're in verse 18, verse 19, verse 19. Okay, let's go to verse 19. Then, uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they know what I'm doing up there. Judges chapter 16. <laughs> Thank you. Ver- Judges 16 and verse 18. They could put it up there. And verse 19. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to torment him. And his strength did what? It, the strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from sleep and he said... A lot of Christians are saying this too. He said, I will go out as before, as at other times. How many of us as Christians, we didn't plead the blood. We have, I'm not saying that this is a works thing, but you have to do what you've got to do to be connected to God. And we think, if you think, Christian, that just because you go to a word church, you heard a lot of word teaching, and you heard a great message Three weeks ago and three years ago and a decade ago and you've been baptized and you don't do, you know, you don't go out of your way to do wrong things. If you think that you're prepared and connected just because of that day after day after day, that's stale. That's not organic. Try, try that with your wife and your husband. Like, don't talk to him for, for three, four days a week. You know, well, I talked to her last, last year, didn't I? I, or last month, Did, didn't I talk to her? Didn't I talk to her last month? That doesn't work. That's not connected. That's not. That is not a vital union. Is that right, or am I just hot air tonight? So he said, and we got to be careful as we model these words. He said, "I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free." But look at the next words. He says, "But he did not know that the Lord had what departed from him." 
Now, that's, I mean, I only picked that. I don't want to embarrass Samson because that's not what I want to do. We're not here to do that. But, but I will say this. It's, it's, it, the, the, the verbiage is so absolutely accurate for us today. Because sometimes you can go out that door and not be connected. And you say, well, I'm going to drive the road just like I always do. How many times have you driven down 880? Come on. Thousands. Maybe tens of thousands. If you've lived in the area, how many times I mean, have you gotten the car and turned the key? Those of you that are frequent flyers, how many times have you gotten on an airplane? You know, those of you that are like, like if you have lost count, that's a good opportunity for, you, for me to say that you might just say, well, you know, I have such a good track record. I'll never, it'll never happen to me. But friends, we don't drive in our own strength. We go where he goes and we take him with us in an active way. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our church, over our spouse, over our children, over our nation. Before we drive, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ. We bind the, the devil. It's a daily thing. We don't say, oh, well, we did this like we did at times before. No, you don't. That's the wrong paradigm. Did you follow what I'm saying? That encourages Christians to be disconnected and casual. So let's move real quickly. So I think you all saw that. Let's move real quickly. Da, 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 done, da, done. We're doing okay. Let's talk about disconnection and then we'll, we'll kind of close there. In some cases, listen, we have natural examples of how uh, lack of connection can be discerned instantly. I'll give you some examples. Uh, those of you watching the Super Bowl, if all of a sudden the network went down or your cable thing went down, boom, boom, wait a minute, what happened? Immediately it goes fuzzy or it goes blank. And you know, and you know immediately that something's gone wrong. Is that right? That, that's really an easy example for us to know that something went wrong. If you're listening to the radio and all of a sudden you're hearing a nice clear thing and all of a sudden you hear, shh. You, you hear like, dude, what happened, man? Like, whoa, what happened? You hear the noise. You see the distortion. That's an instant signal to you that something has gone wrong. I wish, I wish it was that easy in life. I wish it was so easy that like you're going along one day, you wake up and you're going through your day and boom, the Lord, some big signal happens that says, hey, you're not connected like you could be and should be. Hey, 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 wake up, get connected. I wish it was that easy. But it's not. Oh, you know, and by the way, uh, when you see instant, uh, when you are instantly able to detect a lack of connection, you immediately reach. In the old days, it was the antenna. Remember, you try to move the antenna this way or that way to try to get a better connection. If it's your radio, you start switching it around to try to see if you can get it a little better. Maybe I drove through this area. Maybe it's not quite. You all know what I'm saying. There are things that you do. You respond when there's a lack of connection and you know there is. There's things you immediately start to adjust to try to get that connection back. Amen. You try to retune or reposition. In some cases, you try to re- reboot the computer. Oh, in one message, reboot was good. In this case, it's whatever. <laughs> See, in other cases, it's much more subtle. And that's what we're talking about tonight. A good example of this is like when you drop a, when you drop a cell phone call. How many of you have been asked, speaking to a friend or a relative or a spouse or a son or a daughter or whatever... And you're, or a colleague, and you're speaking, and you're giving this explanation that takes more than three minutes. Let's say you've been talking for about three, four minutes. And then all of a sudden, you're talking and talking and this and that, and you know it's really involved, but then all of a sudden you stop talking, and you go, hello, hello, 
Hey, and you, then you look at the phone and, and it, it's, it's like no signal. Like, like, dude, are you serious? I can't believe, I, I mean, you didn't get that occasional, mm-hmm, right, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, there was a period of time that goes by while you're yapping and you don't know that the connection's lost. So what do we do to try to recover ourselves? And usually it's not more than three or four minutes. Believe me, if you're talking ten minutes nonstop without getting a response, you... <laughs> You t- say that. You're talking too much. <laughs> we redial. We call the person back and we find out what? Where were we? Where did you last? What, where did, what was the last thing we... Hello, right? Isn't that what you do? And, and, then, and then it might be a bit disappointing. Well, I heard the part about when you saw, went to see the red Corvette and then... Well, oh, no, I've been... Oh, no. You must have, you, we must have been cut off a long time ago. See, you can't always... It's more subtle, isn't it? When you drop a cell phone call versus TV. So, but one thing that we do is, just for those of us, we immediately, uh, we, we try to find out where we were. Friends, the idea here is connection is never, or I'll put it this way, connection, a good connection with the Lord is not accidental or coincidental. Uh, a good connection with God and with Jesus is one that is on purpose. It's not casual. And let me just read. Let me let me read something about this. I like what what Chip Brem said about this. And we're we're not going to go too much longer tonight. Notice this. Uh, Hebrews chapter eleven verse six said this: Without faith, it's impossible to please God and be satisfactory to Him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Him out. Brother Chip Brem shared the thought about how diligently seek Him, really one of the interpretations for that is crave. And I looked that up, and that is absolutely the truth. One of the Strong's Concordance definitions. So those... He is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently crave Him. Gotta have Him. He's our vital necessity. So, a good idea, a good thing that you could look at is, am I connected? How much are you craving Him to hear Him? How much do you need Him? Let's see. I could read this scripture. Let me read Psalm 27, verse 8 up there. You have said, seek my face, inquire for and require, require my presence as your vital need. My heart says to you, your face, your presence, Lord, I will seek, or will I seek, inquire for and require of necessity and on the authority of your word. Of necessity. We need Him. We need to be connected to God as much as you need air and water and food and rest. You, we need Him. Can I just stress that any more tonight? Everybody say, we need Him. We need Him. Connections take effort. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, just a quick a little comment here. Uh, a connection, you can almost take the rules of connection for, uh, let's say, a spouse. See, connection really takes effort. You cannot have a happy relationship with anybody, be it son, daughter, spouse, father, mom, whatever, if you're very casual about that relationship. 
let me, let me explain what casual means. Casual is like really huge, man. There's everything around us seems to be casual. Notice it's like I'm wearing a tie tonight, but I got jeans on, so it's not. If I take this off, I'd be business. I would be business. Boy, everybody's really quiet. Jeez. Business casual. Right. It seems like everything's casual. Relationships are casual. Casual relationships. Casual, you know, casual commitments. Let me tell you what I know about casual. Happening by chance. A casual meeting. Without definite or serious intention. Casual. Careless or offhand. Passing. Seeming or tending to be indifferent as to what's really happening. Kind of, I'll take it or leave it. I'm going to tell you uh, another synonym for casual is accidental. That's not the way you connect with Jesus. It's not the way we connect with God. And can you come to church and not? Absolutely. You could come to church and not connect with God. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a percentage of us that need to wake up and start connecting with God. Coming to church is not a social event. It says where two or three are gathered here together. There I am in the midst of them. Is that right? But really, the only people that are really connecting with them are those that made a decision that I'm going to hear from God today. I'm going to touch. I'm going to see Jesus today. I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear from the Father today. I'm going to open my heart. Not everybody who goes to church comes with that kind of attitude. I wish it was so. Say, that's not me. Not me. I come to church. Man, I'm, I'm coming to church. The antonym to casual is, ironically, are you ready for this? Planned. Planned. Plan. Whoa, that's really that's wild. Planned. I, we talked about this previously in a series on uh, the presence of God. You see, I love this because uh, unless something is planned, you you don't really put the value to it, and you're not really connecting. A good example: kids. Kids are always with you. Little kids. <laughs> You know, everywhere you go, they seem to be, we talked about omnipresent. Dear Lord, you go shopping, there they are, grabbing it. Stop that, Johnny. Knock it off. Johnny, come here. Stop. Oh, sorry, Johnny. Uh, Freddie, is there a Fred in the room? Freddie, come here. Stop. Don't, don't touch that. Hey, I want to hear you. Stop that. And they're crying and making a mess. And, and, and it's, they're just out of control. Am, am I talking to somebody real tonight? And you go shopping, you go to this appointment, you go to that appointment, and kids seem to be omnipresent because they're always with you. I mean, who else are you going to put the kids with? And it's kind of like, it kind of wears you down because, you know, but, but just grabbing the kid, oh, right, come on, and throwing them in the car seat and dragging them around and tell them, no, 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 don't touch that and stop that and knock it off. That is not the same as planning a time we're going to Toys R Us. Freddie, is there a Freddie in the room? Okay, Freddie, we're going to Toys R Us after work. When I get home, we're going to go and we're going to pick you out a toy and we're going to have a time together. We might even go to Chuck E. Cheese together. Is that, is that off the hook right there? That's, that's the bomb, right? That's the secret bomb, right? For a kid, Chuck E. Cheese, man. Woo. But you see, now you've added value. It's not that you're just dragging the kids along, but you planned. Somebody say planned. We need to plan for time with God. Plan for even, even if you're coming to church, you have to plan to be all there. Emo- spiritually and emotionally, be prepared. When it's time to praise God, open your heart and speak faith toward Him. Love Him. Sing to Him. Thank Him. When it's time to pray, pray to Him. When it's time to rejoice, run around the room in Him. 
but it's not automatic. Just because somebody showed up, sat in the chair, everybody's running around the room, but so-and-so. Everybody's worshiping, but so-and-so. They're just sitting like a bump on a log, you know, texting their friend, you know. Can you see how their church experience is disconnected from him? All right, so casual. Okay, connection, here's a good one. Connection takes sacrifice. Did I say that dirty word? Sacri- Somebody say sacrifice. sacrifice. It takes a, you plan to have some kind of a sacrifice of time, energy, and personal preference. And I'm gonna, this is about where we're going to stop. So nobody get nervous. It's about just after, you know, 829 or so. There's a Luke chapter 14, put that up there for us. There's the parable of the Great Supper. And you know what? Uh, I'm not the Holy Ghost. You have to be the, you have to get before the Lord and see what He shall have you say. But there are, everybody's in a season of life. There's, there's people that are going to college. There's people that have just started a new job. There's people that are taking care of mom and dad, you know, elderly parents. There's people that are going into the military. There's people coming out of the military. There's people uh, going, uh, going to high school. There's, there's young and old alike. Every one of us. Every one of us Christians. And guess what? Every one of us has a responsibility of wherever we are to connect with Jesus in a vital way. No matter who you... I mean, it, it, I, I don't, it doesn't matter what station of life. If you're grandpa or you're junior, it doesn't matter. Everybody needs to connect with Jesus somewhere, be vitally united to Him, so that they can live their life and do all things through Christ. Notice this. Now, this, this hit me between the eyes, and I, I, I just kind of was speechless. I talked to my wife about it a little bit, and I don't know if we still got any answers. But now, now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And he, being Jesus, said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. Verse 18. But they all with one accord began to make everybody say it. Excuses. So, The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you, please have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife. And as Pastor Mark says, you know, I can't make it. Therefore, I cannot come. Now, I want to skip. I want to skip down before I make commentary. Go to Luke chapter nine and verse uh, verse 57. And we're about to close here. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road, verse 57, that someone said to Jesus, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Another says, I'm going to be connected to you. Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then he said to another, follow me. And he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And what does Jesus say in verse 60? Let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach to the kingdom of God. Oh my. Verse 61. Another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. Now, let me tell you what I talked to my wife about. Can I just be honest with you for a few minutes here? I said, you've got to be kidding me. This is like so legit. 
Okay, first of all, you buy a piece of real estate. Do you know how much real estate costs? And you're, you're closing escrow or you're, you're making negotiations on a very, very expensive piece of ground. Hey, hello, somebody. I mean, if you've ever dealt with real estate before, and, and he's saying like, well, wait a minute, don't go, don't go look at that. Like, like, dude, wait a minute, are you for real? Do you, doesn't that rate at all on the list? This is to show you how, how vital it is for you to connect to God. The other one, uh, the other one was, um, well, I just got married. Well, I'm, folks, I, I'm not saying that you, you can't get married or you don't have a honeymoon, but that was kind of, I said, Lord, come on, is this really legit? <laughs> A person gets married. How about this one? I just had a family member die. Are you kidding me? Isn't a funeral legit? Is it? Well, friends, of course you go to funerals. But I'm just saying, just saying for a point. Did you see how severe some of these things were? I thought like you gotta be kidding. I bought five yoke of oxen. Supposing you 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 did uh, you were in the business of uh, automobile fleets and you just bought a whole fleet of vehicles. Don't you think it's sort of important to go to the escrow table and sign off on them or something? But it's really amazing how uh, there must have been special circumstances that led Jesus to say that. You know, in that particular instance when he's calling someone to ministry. But what he's, what the take home for us tonight is this. Our life is full. Everybody's life is full of something. We're, I mean, if you've got some spare time, let me know. I'd love to come and use it. <laughs> Hello? If you got some spare time, oh, please tell me about it. I'd love to come and use it because, like, I got so much to do. But the, but the point is this no matter what station in life, no matter where you are in your career or where you are in age wise, somewhere along the line, there has got to be a connection to Christ and a, and a commitment to where you put other things to the side. I'm not asking you to not go to your mom's funeral. I mean, I'm going to my mom's funeral, sorry. But no, what I'm really saying is somewhere along the line where priorities are concerned, there has to, in order for you to make room for that connection with Christ, there are other things that are going to have to be fidgeted. But a lot of people are fidgeting everything, fidgeting Christ out of the way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm, they're, they're, they're making their connection with Christ maybe tertiary or, you know, a little bit there. And, but I'm just saying, Christian, seek God about this. Because if you want to be the best that you can be for Christ, and you want to be anointed to live this life, like in a way that the world is unfamiliar with, to truly be anointed in every arena... We've got to be connected to Christ. Find a way to be connected to the vine.